It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. In the Monday. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday, and by God, I'm glad you made it. I had a great week this week. I usually do. I mean, just a tremendous week. I'm only glad it's Friday because I sort of exhausted myself. But Today's okay. show is sponsored by Dissolving Underwear. Good stuff. Because who wants to wear wet undies anyway? Or, just, or, or you could just not wear underwear at all. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, and I'm just going to warn you right up front here. I'm going to start with a story this morning that's just going to cause you to scream uh, bloody murder. Uh, okay, just so you know. I just want to get that out of the way. Now, uh, it's I'm not trying to... I usually like on Fridays to start your weekend with something really good. But I figured we ought to just go ahead and get this out of the way. Now, it's going to sound every so often like this. It has nothing to do with Liz Cheney, even though I was using that as a sound effect for her for quite a while. That's just what you're going to be doing as you scream at the radio or your app, your phone, where you're listening to the show, however you might be doing it. So if you hear somebody screaming and cussing, don't look around to see who it is. It's you. Okay? Now that we got that out of the way, so um, Biden goes to the Texas border. First problem, he hasn't really been there this entire time. And when he does go, they take him to an area where not much is happening. If you want to take Biden to the border, let him see what's going on. Take him to the worst possible place so he can really see what's going on. Then Biden begins a speech, and as you can imagine, the speech is just full of big, fat, squishy, warm, steaming piles of buffalo pucky. Okay, got Okay, good. I'm trying to say it in the best possible way, but I mean, we're like knee-deep in this brown stuff at this point. So here are some of the things that Biden said. First, he actually used, and this is a quote, it is long past time to act. Yes, he actually said that. Well, excuse me, uh, Mr. President, you should have acted on this day one of being in office. You even sent your vice president to be a border czar. And what has she done? Right. Nothing. Not a thing. So the story in front of me from the Daily Signal says Biden with U.S. Border Patrol agents behind him presented himself as trying to trying real hard to address illegal immigration and border issues, telling his audience in Texas that it's long past time to act. Again, that's a quote. The president's venue, Brownsville, which is not a whole lot's happening there. 
On the same day, meanwhile, former President Donald Trump was about 300 miles away at where they were actually crossing. So, but long past time to act, this is where, again, the president tries to blame Republicans in Congress for not passing the border security deal. Quote, they desperately need more resources, more agent, more officers, more equipment in order to secure the border. Folks, it's time for us to move on this. It can't wait any longer. That's Biden. That's a quote. Biden said, folks, it's time for us to move on this. We can't wait any longer. Well, why did you wait in the first place? Again, this was a major issue when you took office and you made it worse, Biden. And the idea that, well, I need executive power. You need to give me the, no, you already have that power. Well, I need more money. You already have the money. Well, I need more resources. You have all the resources you need. You could have done this anytime you wanted. Story says, however, the president has a menu of options under his authority. He could have done within his first hundred days in office. But instead, he rolled back the Trump administration's border security measures, making the situation what it is today. Biden administration has the authority to detain, expel, deport under federal immigration laws. And he has the people, the manpower, the machinery, the resources to do it. Specifically, Biden could have used the migrant protection protocols with Mexico, the asylum cooperative agreements with Central American countries. In other words, he has all these tools, all sorts of security tools. And so to suggest that it's dependent on Congress and it's the Republicans' fault? Yeah, okay. President then said, oh, David in Texas, morning, Glenn, with two N's. Good morning, David, with two D's. My first day as president, Biden noted that he proposed on his first day in office. My first day as president, I introduced a bill. I sent Congress a, comp- a, a comprehensive plan to fix the broken immigration system. Okay, true on that. In 2021, White House announced a new presidential, well, comprehensive immigration bill that he did send to Democrats, which would include some border security measures as well as a pathway to citizenship for illegal immigrants, which critics say uh, is basically with amnesty. Most Republican lawmakers argue that the nation must regain control of its borders from illegal aliens moving and then address the process after that. So step one, close the border. But instead, step one, Biden opened the border, reversing everything Trump was doing. Okay, so then, then Biden tried to talk about a backlog of immigration cases. So he talked about an immigration bill that recently failed to pass the Senate, which would have added about 1,500 more Border Patrol agents to man the border, 100 immigration judges in asylum cases. Quote, we also need more immigration judges to handle the backlog. There are 2 million cases. The bipartisan deal would provide funding for 100 more immigration judges, Biden said immediately. See, I don't even think we need to do this. We could just send them back, just pack them up and just send them back. We don't have to go through a judge every single time. But okay, Biden said, we say, okay, you've been in the country, but come back in five years, maybe eight. What Biden is talking about is a broken immigration system where somebody does want to legally come to this country. It's going to take them a decade or so to do it. 
Okay, I do think the immigration process needs to be fixed. But what Biden's talking about here is, again, basically amnesty. So on February 2021, Biden signed an executive order to eliminate the Trump administration's agreement with Mexico, known as the Remain in Mexico policy. Again, he opened up the doors, didn't he? Then Biden called on the Senate to take up border security bill again after it failed to pass even procedural hurdles. Quote, it's the toughest set of border security reforms we've ever seen in this country, which is a lie. Pretty basic with this deal. We could hire 1,500 additional border security agents. Not enough. The bill would put the policy of the catch and release into law, uh, said Ted Cruz of Texas. Texas Republican argued that the 370-page bill normalized 5,000 illegal crossings a day. And that was the bill that, and so if 5,000 people a day cross the border, it's okay. Don't worry about them across the border. The Senate's uh, $118 billion bill would go uh, toward more U.S. aid for Ukraine's defense and Russia. And that was the other thing. The bill was packed with things like more aid for Ukraine. Which is one of the reasons the whole thing was just killed. So these are just some of the things. There was other stuff that Biden said, but you get the idea. This is why I sat there listening to the president and his speech going. (laughs) But what gets me is he's just going to stand there and lie like this. And I don't find a whole lot of fact checking by the media. Some. Not a whole lot. And most Democrats will just nod their heads and agree, oh, Biden's absolutely right on that, without actually checking to see if he's lying or not, which, of course, he is. Hey, man, you want some chicken pot pie? Hell yeah, dude, those are my three favorite things. Yep, there you have it, a new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. 623 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Now, I like this. I had a John over there in Granny Canyon. Morning, Glenn. I read on the Babylon Bee, Biden was there for a ribbon-cutting ceremony at the new illegal border crossing, <laughs> which is good. There's another, John. They just put this up today. Biden arrives at border to address his voters. <laughs> well, that's the Babylon Bee for you. So, okay. A couple of other stories on the border. Let's see. Uh, first one, federal judge is trying to block Texas border security law. So the U.S. District Judge ruled yesterday that the Texas Senate Bill 4 violates the U.S. Constitution and prior Supreme Court rulings that put the federal government in charge of immigration laws and restrictions. So Senate Bill 4 is supposed to go into effect March 5th. New law would allow local officers to arrest and state judges to deport illegal aliens along the southern border. Lawmakers for Texas argue that the law signed by Governor Abbott in December is a valid response to President Biden's dereliction of, I can't say that word yet, of duty. You know what I'm trying to say. So, okay, my answer to this is I, I see what the judge is saying. Constitutionally speaking, if you look at the law, this is already decided by the Supreme Court. But what do you do? when the president isn't doing his job and just letting the border stay open. I mean, this is based on the idea that the president is actually doing something. 
that we actually have federal officers at the border actually trying to stop this invasion. But so what do you do if he's not? Well, if he's not, I look, let's say they pass a law that only police officers are allowed to take care of a home intruder in your home. I know there was a ridiculous idea, but let's just say there was a law that said only police officers are allowed to take care of a home intruder in your home. But when you have a home intruder in your home, the police aren't going to show up. It's not that they're late and not trying to get there. They're just not going to show up. They're not going to do anything about it. Well, it's illegal for you to do anything about it. But I bet you you're going to. I bet you are. In fact, hang on a second here. Um, I played this a couple of times this week, but it really just suddenly absolutely fits what I just said. You mind if we ask you a quick question? Sure, go ahead. What you got? doing a survey and we're asking people what would you do if somebody broke into your house with the intentions to rob and harm your family oh i'd call 811 811 you mean 911 no 811 because i'm gonna need to know where to dig a hole tell you see how that works okay so all right next story up for you white house is now referring to illegal aliens as or you might think, oh, undocumented migrants, right? No, no, worse. Newcomers. Yeah, that here's on, I, I still call it Twitter. The Biden White House is now referring to illegal immigrants as newcomers. Joe Biden is not serious about stopping illegal immigration in the United States. That's from White House Republicans. So, or House Republicans, sorry. Let's see. So here's from the White House. This was actually sent out by the White House. Fact sheet. So you know, if this administration sends out a fact sheet, it's not. Impact of bipartisan border agreement funding on border operations. The bill also includes $1.4 billion for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers and would require expediated work permits for so on and so on, for those who qualify. See, first off, the problem I have, not that they're just calling them newcomers, they're entering this country illegally, so they're illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. Okay, that's what they are. And once again, here's the White House saying, well, this bill we have here is $1.4 billion to help provide critical services and work permits and et cetera. No, we don't want that. We want them to sent to be sent back to where they came from. Get out. That's what we're after here. Newcomers? The story here says, if you're referring to illegal aliens, people entering this country without permission as newcomers, well, at what point do you call them new voters? That's pretty good. Uh, the bill receives support from Border Patrol units, Chamber of Commerce, et cetera, et cetera. It talks about the bill a little bit more here. Uh, the bill explicitly calls for the release of illegal aliens despite being framed. Yeah, released from custody. The, the bill that Biden's talking about, they would be released from custody, given all sorts of you know places to stay and food and all that kind of stuff. Work permits, et cetera, et cetera. Rather than gathering them up and sending them back. So that's why this bill at this moment anyway isn't going anywhere okay all right coming up on some local news 
Update on your weather forecast. 888 Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Morning, Jay. He's in Casper. Let's wake up, Wyoming. And a struggle made up steel. A caution needs some gasoline. About to pass in the mail. It's always in the red. Let it go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Into Monday. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97 Woods. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six at time. It's wake up, Wyoming. James is in Casper. Morning, James. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. Uh, you made a comment about the judge saying that Texas law is unconstitutional yeah. and everything. Yep. If that's the case, why is it illegal for active duty federal troops to act on U.S. soil under the Posse? Yeah. Con- Commentatus, yeah, posse commentatus, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you in know, this case it's legal for them because they're not acting against American citizens. They would be acting to repel an invasion of other people from coming into the country. So why not put a battalion of army or marines along uh, the southern border? That would be great. To help border yeah. control, you know, border patrol and hmm. the Na- Texas National Guard. And- yes. Nothing against National Guard, but in my mind, they're weekend warriors. They're not okay. full-time well, military. The, I think the answer to the judge here is Biden could do that, but he's not. That's why I use the example of, okay, James, you're in your house, and you're told by law you're not allowed to defend your house against an intruder. You have to wait for the police to arrive. But the police let you know that they're not coming. So you should be able to defend yourself despite what the judge says. Granted. Yeah. So that's what that's Texas when is I doing. I take my chip of shredder out to the river and uh, <laughs> do a little chumming along the yeah, river. Okay. Boy, you have a very colorful way of putting things, James. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for calling <laughs> this morning. So, no, um, it really comes down to the judges saying, well, Texas is not allowed to do that. Yeah, okay, judge, I hear you. However... That's assuming that Biden's going to do his job. But Biden's not doing his job. So what is Texas supposed to do? Just let it happen? No. Let's see. uh, Judy, she's over there in Mills. Dems always have a plan. Oh, Dems always have a plan B. Illegals make no low-wage workers. Plan C, new voters since they ran out of fake voting machine methods. Yeah, uh, and that's that's all they do. Finding new ways to cheat and stay in power, which I don't doubt at all. I really do think, I've been saying this for many, many years. If these folks coming across the border were all heavily going to vote Republican, what do you think 
the Democrats would be doing right now? And that's not a rhetorical question. You know the answer to that. If you're screaming at the radio, they would be building a wall. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. That's about what they'd be doing. They'd be building a wall. So I, I look at the Democrats as completely hypocritical on this. Obviously, they are. They're never going to admit that they're not, but they are completely hypocritical on this. So this is a case where I look at uh, Governor Abbott of Texas, and I would say I'm, I'm really not in favor of this. I like living in a republic where we work with the system, but in this case, the judge is completely wrong. So, Governor, just do what you got to do. If Biden was actually there doing something with the border, that'd be a different thing, but he's not. And he's still trying to find a way to Biden is to bring these people in, give them everything they need, and then just go ahead and make them citizens. In which case, Biden hopes that they would all be voting for Democrats all the way across the board. And that's not the answer that we want. I don't even agree with the idea that we need to send every single one of them through a court system. If a bunch of people just came across the Rio Grande and landed on our side, we don't need to process them all. Just scoop them up and send them back. I would just get rid of the whole processing thing. Don't think it's necessary that we have to go through every single one and have a judge rule on every single person here. Just scoop them up. Where'd you come from? Because they didn't all come from Mexico. They came from all... Figure out what we're going to do, though. How are we going to deal with this? Scoop them up and send them back. And if you're thinking right away, well, that's a lot of plane tickets. Well, you can put them on ships, too. Or you could just push them back across the Mexican border, for that matter. Just drop them on the Mexican side and make sure they don't come back to our side. You can always do that, too. But somehow or other, this has to be solved because it's it's one thing. There's always going to be someone sneaking across the border somehow for some reason. But when you have this many for this long of a period of time, obviously, this is understated and grossly, little bit of a problem there, and it's just got to be stopped. So, yeah, the idea of sending even the military down just to put a stop to it. But a more permanent, because you can't have the military camp there all the time, a more permanent solution, this is where I know some of you disagree with me, but the idea of building a wall, I know some people... I actually do know a few people who work the border, and they will flat out tell you that wall that Trump built, yeah, it's got holes in it. I told you from the beginning, you build a wall, they're going to find a way to go over, under, through it, or around it. And they've been doing all of the above. What about a talk show host? Talk show host, that's good. I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. Someone even told me once they thought I'd be a good talk show host. Really? Yeah, a couple of people. How do you get that, though? Where do you start? Well, that's where it gets tricky. You just walk into a building and say, I want to be a talk show host. Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs people that are, you know, in broadcasting. And that's really not fair. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 6.48's the time. Up 6.49. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by. Okay, you know, I don't know if this is big news to you, Frank, but I'm sort of an aviation buff, right? No. No. Okay, so 
Uh, and, of course, I've told you about the Reno Air Races, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The guy from Wyoming who's in there. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Reno Air Races are no more. Reno didn't want them anymore. Wow, that's they, yeah. they've had them for a while. Well, and that's like the NASCAR of airplane yeah. racing, you know. So it's just that the town keeps growing out toward where they hold these races, and it's causing problems, and so no. Okay, so we have to find a place to put them. So Casper, Wyoming is on the short list. That of all the places being considered, there's three places left, and Casper's one of them. Years and years ago, mm-hmm. probably in the 80s, they had the, it was a one-time deal. Yes. It's it, called the uh, Flying Cowboy Air Show. Yes, and okay, that was Jim Good, who, uh, the guy who was the big winner at the Reno Air Race, who was out of Casper, Wyoming. He organized that. Yeah, and uh, they had, I mean, racing, yep. you know, all kinds of planes. I mean, it was just, it was nuts. I mean, it was, yeah. it was actually kind of a really cool deal, and they had seating, like, on mm-hmm. the tarmac that you could watch, yep. and um, it was it was a cool deal. It really was, yeah. but it was only, they only had it one time, yeah. and that's it. So, the idea to bring it here, again, it, there was a lot of people, a lot of uh, towns across America that wanted these races, and now they've narrowed it down to three, and Casper is on that list. I think I, I, that would be the coolest. I, now, I, I would say this. Yeah. Casper has an enormous disadvantage. Yeah. Wind. Well, it and depends the, on what time and, of year. And they also have yeah. an enormous advantage yeah. by space. Yeah. Now, you know, here's as a guy who flies out there, okay, because literally I've flown right out there. I'll tell you, first off, space is perfect. There's, and not even just at the airport, but there's places to view the races along the route. Well, well, I'm, 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 and just places yeah. to fly, you know, fly around. Oh, yeah. I mean? Now, as far as the wind, it depends on what time of year. If you have that in the summertime, we're good. The wind gets bad now, this time of year. I think it's bad all year round. No, no, I, I can I honestly tell you, especially if you hold the races early in the day, in the summertime. Well, well, well yeah, then it's calm. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what, yeah. All righty. Well, we'll talk about high school basketball. The 4A East Regional Tournament uh, began yesterday on the boys' side. Cheyenne Central over Campbell County, 75-68. Natrona beat Cheyenne East, 71-67. Sheridan over Cheyenne South, 77-43. And Laramie over Thunder Basin, 69-46. So this is a double elimination tournament. So Campbell County will play Cheyenne East in a loser-out game at noon. Thunder Basin against Cheyenne South in a loser-out game at 1.30. Central and Natrona... At 6.30 in a winner's bracket game, Sheridan versus Laramie at 8 p.m. On the girls' side in that 4 East Regional, Thunder Basin over Central 63-51. Campbell County beat South 63-25. East over Natrona 51-35. And Sheridan beat Laramie 55-34. In a loser-out game today, and these uh, these 4 East games are in Sheridan. Uh, Central and South at 9 this morning. Natrona and Laramie at 10.30 in a loser-out game. Thunder Basin and Campbell County at 3.30 in the winner's bracket. And... And Cheyenne East and Sheridan at 5 p.m. also in the winner's bracket. And the 4A West Regional, that is in Green River. The Kelly Walsh boys lost to Star Valley in overtime, 69-59. So Kelly Walsh is in a loser-out game with Evanston at noon today. On the girls' side, Kelly Walsh beat Green River 54-40. So Kelly Walsh in a winner's bracket game will play Cody at 4.30 this afternoon. In the 3A East Regional in Rollins, Rollins beat Glenrock 64-43. So the Glenrock boys will play Moorcroft in a loser-out game at noon. The Glenrock girls lost to Torrington 4 
45 to 18. So Glenrock will play Rollins at 9 a.m. also in a loser's bracket game. The state 1A and 2A high school basketball tournament started yesterday in Casper and 2A boys. Tongue River over Big Piney 62-59. Wyoming Indian over Pine Bluff 66-44. Lusk over Grable 56-46 and right over Kemmerer 72-53. In the semifinal round that will be at the Ford Center tonight, Tongue River and Wyoming Indian at 7.30. Wright versus Lusk at 9. On the girls' side in 2A, Pine Bluffs over Kemmerer 36-21. Tongue River beat Rocky Mountain 37-26. Linglefort Laramie over Wind River 48-32. And Wyoming Indian beat Burns 49-43. In the semifinals, also at the Ford Center, Pine Bluffs over uh, Pine Bluffs and Tongue River 4:30, and Linglefort Laramie uh, will take on Wyoming Indian at 6 p.m. Remember that 1A state tournament continues today. They will be over at the college. Their semifinals uh, will be starting at 4:30 this afternoon. So you'll be heading out later this yes. morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a we, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, so where which one are you doing? I'm going today? back to the event center to watch two A games now oh, okay. today. Okay. Okay. That's pretty because they have good snacks there. Oh, yeah, that was great. Thank you, Frank. Hey, we're coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to Rollins News Time after that. National, local update on the weather forecast. 888 woods is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or do what RH in Wiggins, Colorado, and AC in Hillsboro are doing. Send me a note off the Wake Up Wyoming app by using the chat mode. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Monday. Seven oh six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday. Glad you made it. Today's show is sponsored by Dissolving Underwear. Well, because who wants to wear wet undies anyway? Just don't wear them anymore. Just don't even bother. Just don't even. Okay, a couple of stories for you. And by the way, phones are open. So 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or do a lot of people do. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free at your app store to download. And just hit the chat option and send me a text message. I can text back. I can also answer you on the air. So, okay, a couple of things here. Senator Barrasso is now just really not committing to anything when it comes to whether he's going to run for Mitch McConnell's leadership position. Uh, Barrasso is like third in line, and it makes sense that he's in that position. He's the Senate Republican Conference chair and has been for quite a while. So out of the people who are closest to Mitch McConnell and his position that could take over easily. He's one of them. He's third. And I don't mean like bottom of the list third. One of three could be any one of those. Okay, so when asked about this, Barrasso was at a news conference supporting an Arizona senator in Phoenix. And he was asked about that during the news conference. He said that election doesn't occur until later in November. In other words, picking that person. So no, after the elections. So to me, he said the key election is the one earlier in November, which would be for president. So the election of the president of the United States and Senate seats all around the country. That's what he's working on right now. And he said, and that's why I'm here. That's the election I'm concerned about. That's And that's what I had reported yesterday when talked about this. But now he's just coming around saying, don't even bother asking me. It's essentially what he's saying. 
I'm not even worried about that right now. We got to get the Senate for Republicans. And so that's why he's going around uh, supporting fellow Republicans as they run for Senate. So, okay, we won't know who steps into Mitch McConnell's position for quite a while. He's right about that. Now, another one, back here in Wyoming, yesterday I had the governor on. And the governor seemed really disappointed. And his opinion, his take on it is, doesn't understand why some people don't want to fund energy policy and, and see a future for energy here in Wyoming. And he and I had a very cordial disagreement on this because I don't think that the, any government, the state government, federal government, whatever, should be involved in sending money to private sector in order to support it. Don't pick winners or losers, nothing like that. In fact, I told him as more of the libertarian guy, I'm a free market guy. I don't, do, I don't like subsidies. So here's where we're at right now. The Wyoming House is ready to fund the governor up to $430 million for his energy projects. Yes, that includes carbon sequestration, but it's more than just that. The Senate wants to defund those programs. This is a big chunk of the $1.1 billion difference between their budget goals. I look at $450 million. We're getting kind of close to half a billion right there. And this would be discretionary spending by the governor. The governor has already spent some discretionary spending on these projects in the past. But this would just take it away. So, okay, the Joint Conference Committee, the House side, has let the Senate know that they think this kind of spending is a priority. But the Senate worries about leaving so much money to discretionary spending by the executive branch. So there's a lot of disagreement between the government picking winners and losers in the energy industry and allowing, as opposed to allowing the free market pick what's the most affordable and reliable energy for not just the nation, but for Wyoming. Now, the money in question is part of what's considered matching funds for Wyoming to compete for billions of dollars in energy production. So this would be matching funds. Again, subsidies. You do this, we'll match your money with that from the state of Wyoming. It's considered an all-of-the-above approach in electricity production, which includes what they call decarbonizing the organic fuels of coal, gas, and oil. So, that yeah, again, part of it's carbon sequestration, but also matching funds for wind and solar and things like that. Governor Gordon has already awarded tens of millions of dollars in carbon capture and other such projects, wind and solar, here in Wyoming. Senator Sherry Steinmetz, Republican in Lingle, introduced Senate File 1, an amendment to the Senate file, uh, in defense of uh, these programs. She disagrees with the governor's opinion that Wyoming needs to curb greenhouse gas emissions and does not believe that Wyoming must produce lower carbon energy. Now, she and I, I, I sent her a note. She and I have had passed a couple of notes back and forth over social media, you know, uh, messengers. She and I are in complete agreement on this one that we, we don't need to decarbonize, for one thing. You know, but also allowing the governor just to have... $450 million. Again, that's almost, we're closing in on a half a billion there of discretionary spending. So the governor can go ahead and pick the winners and losers and try to shape 
Wyoming Energy. This is where, again, if you know me, you know I'm a free market guy. I want the state out of it. I want the feds out of it. Just let the energy industry do what it does to find the best kind of energy. And they'll go ahead and pick the most affordable and reliable. The only thing the government should be doing, one, is making sure we don't get ripped off as consumers. Two, make sure that as they produce energy, they actually do it in a clean way. And by not polluting, I don't mean CO2 because CO2 is not a pollutant. Okay, but let's do this in the cleanest possible way. So that's where the argument is right now. The House of Representatives, not as a whole, there's an argument going. Because I sent a note to my representative in the Wyoming House. And again, she's on my side on this. She agrees with me. But uh, not all do. So right now, the majority of the House of Representatives would like to give the governor that money for his discretionary spending. And it's the Senate who has voted to not allow the governor to have that money. That's where we are right now. And they're hashing that out. I don't know if they're going to come to an agreement, you know, give them all the money, not give them all the money or some kind of a compromise. You know, my first gut reaction is, oh, they'll probably give him some money, but not as much. I, but I don't, I'd like to just not give him any. Also, in the article that I've written here for you, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming website, I continue to show how the whole idea of carbon sequestration has been a miserable failure everywhere else it's been tried, not in just in other states, but in other countries, to the point that many of them have just given up on it. Because when it comes to, well, not only do we not need to do it, but when we try to just shove CO2 under the ground and store it, for example, or suck it out of thin air and just store it somewhere, it doesn't work. And I have several videos and article links in my story where you can go see why it doesn't work and why other governments around the country and around the world have just flat out given up on the whole idea. I gotta ask, man. What's it like living without the internet? It's all right. I just get photos of your mom through the mail. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, weekdays at 6, on air, on Alexa, and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Seven twenty to time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, since I was talking about that money the House wants to give Governor Gordon $450 million of discretionary spending... And the Senate is saying no, and it has to do with energy in Wyoming and carbon capture and wind and solar and stuff like that. Let's get into this. As long as I'm already on that topic, ladies and gentlemen, you're Al driving Gore. a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close. You just say no. I say it's global warming, but you call me a liar. But this planet's on fire. Okay, so there's just three stories I wanted to get through real quick on this one. And first of it, first of all, Germany's energy mess and it's causing rising prices. Yeah. So 
there's no end in sight, the story says, for Germany's self-inflicted energy crisis. Energy prices are expected to continue to rise, thus posing a huge risk to the energy industry. That's why, for example, the whole carbon capture scheme here in Wyoming is going to raise your energy prices by quite a bit. Also, so is wind and solar. It's not reducing prices, it's raising them, despite all the subsidies. This, of course, the story says, no surprise, as Germany, driven by radical green dogmatism, has shut down its fleet of nuclear power plants and is moving to eliminate power plants fired by coal and gas, which is interesting to me because they recently reopened some coal-fired power plants because they had not enough energy. But okay. The problem is, well, the people who are leading this are woefully unqualified to lead the country's ministry when it comes to energy. And it's usually the case. This is why I say I don't want to give the governor or anybody else in government money to pick winners and losers in the energy industry to help subsidize various things with matching funds and so on. Forget that, because these people are not in the energy industry. They don't know the energy industry. Let people in the energy industry decide what's the best way to get us affordable, reliable energy. They keep government out of it. Let them pick. Recently, this minister in Germany claimed that the companies do not go bankrupt, rather they just stop producing, and that the economy was okay, and only the numbers were bad. So he's denying what the numbers actually say, as people in Germany continue to pay more and more and more for what's continually intermittent energy. It's uh, brownouts and blackouts at higher prices. So they're now in Germany facing another energy increase in prices about average about 6% above what they've already had to pay. And this is where they blame increasing investment costs of renewable energies, which are not renewable, rapid expansion of the grid, reserve capacity, all sorts of things except what's really going on. And the answer is get the government out. Get the government out. Just get them out. They don't know what they're doing. They're not in the energy industry. These are politicians. They're not in the energy industry. They don't know what they're doing. Now, the next story here. This is the headline. Net zero is a national security threat and must be abandoned. So the story says decarbonizing the steel and electricity industries in pursuit of net zero represents a real and present danger to national security, according to a former security minister. And let me see. Uh, I'm trying to see which, and I don't think this is, it doesn't say which country this is. Oh, this is Germany. Again, this I'm still in Germany. Writing a forward to a new paper campaigning for a group of Net Zero Watch, Sir Gerwald Harwalth, that's his name, <laughs> Minister of, well, basically he's Defense Minister. Quote, our adversaries are watching us like hawks, so let us leave no doubt. We are remaining and rebuilding with Net Zero firmly on hold. He doesn't want net zero as he tries to shore up his military, which needs a lot of work right now. Because if we go to net zero, we're not gonna, they're not going to have the military that they have even today, which is a mess. Quote, this is the moment when the music must stop. Closures, harshly exposing the luxury of green. I like the luxury of green beliefs he's there. He wants to work on the Navy first and foremost. 
And again, he doesn't want to go for decarbonizing it. He wants to go for what works. So in other words, if they get into a war, they don't want equipment that's trying to save the planet. They want equipment that will destroy the, en- the enemy. I mean, you need tanks that work, planes that work, ships that work, et cetera, et cetera. You can't worry about, well, what's our carbon footprint of all of this? Go destroy the enemy. So here's their minister worried that net zero, if they pursued it in the military, would destroy their military as they know it and leave them weaker than they already are. And I worry about the same thing here in the United States. Finally, net zero, again the headline, net zero is a war on the working class. Story says it's official net zero will make us poorer. A new report finds that the British government's climate policies are likely to make the poor poorer and push struggling communities further into, well, exclusion, debt. Our journey to net zero by the Institute of Community Studies shows the transition to net zero will cause a rise in unemployment as carbon-intensive industries are forcibly reduced. Food becomes more scarce, more expensive, as does energy, which it's a loop. It's a feedback loop on this. And the eco-friendly changes that we'll be forced to make are, first off, not eco-friendly at all. Just as some, I mean, make sense, insulating our homes. But electric cars, things like that, are not eco-friendly. And they're far more expensive. Despite all the subsidies, they're far more expensive. So the prices keep going up. The reliability keeps going down. Things continue to become more scarce. The story says, essentially, the general effect of net zero is similar to the to regressive taxation, just as a big tax hike hurts everybody. So do net zero policies. Now, this entire report that I'm reading, which goes on for quite a bit, talks about what's happening in the UK. Remember now, your governor here in Wyoming wants to go net zero, negative, net negative, not just net zero, but he wants to go below that. And again, at great cost. It not only costs more for your state to pay through your taxes, but also costs more at the gas pump and at your when your utility electric bill shows up. I mean, just on and on it goes. Everything just ends up costing a whole lot more. And the services that you get for that are not as reliable, in some cases intermittent, when it comes to electricity, for example. This is what happens when you go down this path. And it's not me making this up. I watch what's happening in Europe. I watch what's happening in California, to name two examples. And so if we did the same thing here, it's the same result. It's not going to be a different result. And if you're thinking of Einstein's definition of insanity, you'd be absolutely right. Jude... I'm telling you, the idea is expensive energy for higher income rather than cheap, abundant natural coal. Yeah. If you really want to help the American people out and help America out in general, you use the most affordable, reliable energy. Now, we, we used to use this energy in a really dirty way, but we learned how to clean it up. So now, when you look at a power plant that burns coal, that's mostly steam coming out of there. And the CO2 is a good thing. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. Oh, don't forget, uh, our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, has his legislative report coming up, as well as I'm going to have a conversation with Don Day 
about your weekend weather. So that's all in the next half hour. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Monday. Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1, weekdays at 6. Seven thirty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. Real quick. Myron's in Cheyenne. He said, "I'm a retired engineer that worked at the power plant in Wheatland. To my knowledge, there aren't any coal-fired power plants in the U.S. that have CO2 capture. The technology is just not feasible." And yeah, I've read several articles pointing out that not only is it not feasible, right? You know, to do it, we really don't know how. It's a pipe dream. Is that a pun? I think that was a pun. It's a pipe dream. Anyway, so no, it can't really do it right now. And that's why some other people have given up. It costs a lot of money, and it doesn't get the results that people think it's going to get. All right, so Senate approves, this is the U.S. Senate, a short-term funding bill to avert a government shutdown. Oh, God, here we go. They keep coming up to this government shutdown thing over and over and over again. Once again, here's why I don't trust people in government to do a good job. with. They're not... The government's not filled at any level with all sorts of really intelligent people who have all the answers. Right? Take a look at how much debt we're in, and they keep running across running out of money. Even though Biden has borrowed more money than any other president in history of presidents, and he lies about saying, I've reduced the deficit. No, you've greatly increased it. I don't know where he gets that lie from, but okay, even to, despite all the borrowing, they keep running out of money. Story says the Senate on Thursday approved a stopgap funding bill to delay the deadline to avert a government shutdown. Upper chamber approved the measure by 77 to 13 votes. The measure needed 60 votes to pass. The House approved the legislation early Thursday, 320 to 99. Uh, should President Joe Biden sign the package, it'll extend funding deadlines to March 8th and March 22nd. And I can go into all of what's in the continuing resolution, but really what it comes down to is, and when we get to March 8th, I will be having this same conversation with you. Yeah, exactly the same conversation. It's not going to change. They'll never really fix this problem. As long as we continue to elect the same people over and over and over again, they're never really going to fix this problem. Both of you and I know this. So, okay. Let's, let's see... At some point, we run out of money. How does this work? We're already over $34 trillion in debt. And that $34 trillion in debt is not even the whole enchilada. It, it really is. It's not even close to that. We owe a lot of money in this country, and they just keep printing and borrowing more. And even though both parties promise they're going to balance the budget, well... 739, speaking of Cheyenne, Wyoming. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from the hey, Mayweather. Okay, um, Don, I'm going to do a little bit of myth-busting here, Okay. People seem that I talk to to have this idea that Wyoming always has windy, wet, miserable weather. And my answer is, no, you're thinking about March. Yeah, well, that that would be true. Yeah. Someone reminded me of this quote 
yesterday, it's definitely true. As the weather gets warmer, the storms get bigger. Oh, okay. That's, and we are going, in fact, it's those transition phases, isn't it? Like when we're getting into fall, but it's not quite winter yet, we're in a transition phase. Now we're transitioning over eventually into the summer months, and that transition gets really disruptive. Yeah, the transition months are when we actually see our bigger amounts of precipitation. It's, it's when we see the bigger storms. It's when we get into the middle of the, of the seasons where the weather is not as busy. So you get into the dead of winter. We talk about this. People are sick of me telling people this, but I yeah. say this over and over again, that December, January, and February are the driest months of the year on the plains. Mm-hmm. And the wettest months of the year, we're about ready to go into it. And then the next set of wetter months is that transition from fall into winter. So we are now going into a, a different phase. And it usually does start right now. In fact, I think the first official day of what we call meteorological spring mm-hmm is coming in the first week. And that meteorological spring is different than the astronomical one. Right. Because because we start to see the weather patterns begin to change and we're right at that cusp right now. I am so glad to hear that a meteorologist has as much trouble pronouncing that word as I do. Okay. <laughs> when we have, uh, I'm looking at the drought map, which was updated yesterday. We still have a little bit of need up there in the Bighorns and out toward the Black Hills. Other than that, I think overall we're looking pretty good. Yeah, we're still benefiting from the very wet weather we had in, in 2023. We all all remember, we or we should, how green it was last summer and, and how wet it was last spring and last summer. But it has traded drier up in those northern counties of the state. But they're not in drought. They're just abnormally dry. Uh, but that's an area of concern that we'll watch throughout the course of the summer. But we're what we're really hoping for is at least average precipitation, over the next three months, because these are the months that make the most difference. Uh, if you're not average uh, or above with precipitation between March and June, then you've got big problems. Um, and so th- these are the this is when we put money in the bank, so to speak. That's really true for yeah. the snowpack too, and and getting that spring moisture we really need. Okay, let's go through the weekend. Windy. Everybody's going to participate in that. That's for sure. Very windy statewide. Uh, as we discussed yesterday, the state is going to be Jekyll and Hyde, depending on where you are. There is going to be a tremendous amount of snow and wind in the far western counties of the state along the Idaho-Utah border, getting into Jackson, getting into Pinedale, getting into Evanston and Yellowstone National Park. Uh, they're just going to get a pipeline of snow from that west coast storm. East of the divide, it's a Chinook downsloping wind that'll make it windy and keeping our temperatures fairly mild. One thing we do need to watch though, Glenn, is late tomorrow into Sunday morning, a piece of that Pacific storm will get over the mountains, come on into the plains, and it is gonna produce some snow along Interstate 80 late tomorrow into Sunday morning. That's a travel concern, but once you get east of the divide, the system will really lose its punch and we're just down to a few snow showers. All right, Don, have a great weekend. You too. And Don Day with Day Weather. Okay, well, that's just, that's the time of year that we're in. That's why the weather doing what it does. Off to the icebox we go. And Frank Gambino. Frank, I came across this story here. Uh, one in eight Americans never take breaks, even though the average person takes about four breaks a day. One in eight does not. Yes. I'm one of the seven. Okay. Because for me, just I, now this is just my nature. I got up about 1.30 a.m. And I have been what? going not Yeah. And I've been going nonstop. And I will 
continue to go nonstop until sometime, for me, late in the afternoon, it's about four in the afternoon. Yep. When finally my brain says, enough. And so I really don't ever stop, even though I see people here at work going out back for a break now and then. But I'm never among them. I just keep going. I, I like to take naps. Now, that is something that I will do on occasion during the course of the week. I will hit a point in the middle of my day, again, my hours are a bit different, where I need, and for me, Frank, it's like 15 minutes. Oh, for me, it's like an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, okay. No, I just lay down, my eyes, and, and I mean this, Frank, my eyes just slam shut. <laughs> And I have some bizarre dream, and about 15, maybe 20 minutes later, I'm up and I'm at it again. Yeah, and everyone looks at you like, uh, you okay there? Glenn? Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, in that point, when you ask me if I'm okay, I'll look at you and go, I don't know, because the dream I just had makes me wonder if I should be on medication for something. I'm not actually sure about this. But, okay, so most people take breaks, but there's a few weirdos out there that I include myself among who just keep going. You need to join the dark side of really? breaks. Uh, the, is that what that is? Yes. Be, be with the cool kids who are smoking out in back of the radio station here. Oh, yeah. I, I, I used to do it. Yeah? All the, all the time, and then I'd yeah. stop smoking, and then yeah. I hardly ever go out in the parking lot anymore. Well, first off, you've lost a lot of friends and nobody likes a quitter. I'm yeah. just pointing that out. Yeah, I know, yeah okay. I know. But not just you. Our friend Sean has quit smoking, too. Yeah. And he's celebrated a while that he's been without the whole thing. But, okay. we can. I would go out there and hang out with him as long as I stayed upwind from the smoke. Yeah, exactly. All right, boys high school basketball and girls high school basketball. The 4A and 3A East Regional Tournaments moving along today. Yesterday on the boys' side in the East Regional in Sheridan, Cheyenne Central over Campbell County, the Trona Beach Cheyenne East, 71-67. Sheridan big over Cheyenne South and Laramie big over Thunder Basin. So today in a loser out game, Campbell County will take on East at noon. The Thunder Basin boys meet South in a loser out game at 1.30. In the winner's bracket, Central and the Trona at 6.30, and Laramie at 8 p.m. on the girls' side in the 4A East Regional. Thunder Basin big o- Thunder Basin over Central. It was Campbell County big over Cheyenne South. The Cheyenne East big over Natrona. And Sheridan defeated Laramie 55-34 in a loser out game at 9 this morning up in Sheridan. Central will take on Cheyenne South and at 10.30 in a loser out game Natrona will meet Laramie. In the winner's bracket, Thunder Basin and Campbell County at 3.30 and Cheyenne East will take on a Sh- Sheridan at 5 p.m. in that 4A West Regional that is Eldon Green River. Star Valley beat Kelly Walsh in overtime 69-59. So Kelly Walsh will play Evanston at noon today in a loser out game. The Kelly Walsh girls beat Green River 54-40. So the KW girls will meet Cody in the winner's bracket game at 4.30 this afternoon. In the 3A East Regional in Rollins, it was Rollins over Glenrock for the boys 64-43. So Glenrock will play Moorcroft at noon today in a loser out game. The Torrington girls beat Glenrock 45-18. Glenrock and Rollins at 9 a.m. in a loser out game. They state 1A and 2A high school basketball Basketball tournament moves along today in Casper. The 1A boys bracket from yesterday. Saratoga with a buzzer-beating shot to beat Southeast by one. Cokeville over KC. Farson beat Guernsey and Upton over Matizzi. In the semifinal round over at Casper College tonight, Saratoga and Cokeville at 7.30. Upton and Farson at 9. On the girls' side in 1A, Burlington over Rocky Mountain. 
Uh, Burlington over Rock River, Upton over Riverside, Southeast beat the Little Snake River and Cokeville over Hewlett, Burlington and Upton in one semifinal at 4.30 for the girls over at the college in Cokeville and Southeast at 6 o'clock in the other semifinal. In the 2A boys bracket, Tongue River beat Big Piney, Wyoming Indian over Pine Bluffs, Lusk over Grable and Wright defeated Kemmerer. And the semifinals at the Ford Center, Tongue River and Wyoming Indian at 7.30, Wright and Lusk at 9. In the 2A girls bracket, Pine Bluffs over yeah, Pine Bluffs beat Kemmerer, Tongue River over Rocky Mountain, Lingle Fort Laramie over Wind River, and Wyoming Indian B. Burns. In the semifinals of 2A girls at 4.30 and 6 p.m. at the Ford Center, it's Pine Bluffs and Tongue River, and they're followed by Lingle Fort Laramie against Wyoming Indian. And Frank will be out all weekend covering this, so Wild Preps. Yes, Wild Preps got all the scores of all the tournaments yeah. and all of everything. Okay, I'll download the app, by the way. That's oh, free. Oh, it's free! Yeah, there you go. People like free, Frank. Free! Okay, so coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. It is open phone, so AAA 97 Woods, it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. 888-97-WOODS. You can interrupt me if you have to. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday. Glad you made it on through. All right. Open phones all the way, so it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. Interrupt me if you want. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. Today's show is sponsored by Dissolving Underwear. No. Because who wants to wear wet undies anyway? Well, nobody, but just don't wear any underwear. How about that? Okay. First off, uh, to Sheridan, Wyoming, I'm really impressed. Way to go. As you know, Sheridan lost a police officer. The police officer was serving a trespassing warning because the guy apparently was squatting in somebody's house. And as the police officer is approaching, he's shot and killed. You all know this story by now. And so the guy goes to somebody else's house and breaks in. And there's a standoff. And he takes shots at police. That went on for like 30 hours or a little over. Finally, and police had done everything they could. They fired in flashbang grenades and tear gas, and just nothing was working with this guy. And they didn't want to approach the home because he was pretty well armed. So finally, they just started ripping apart the house. And eventually, the guy had no choice but to leave. And as he left, uh, he was shot. And so he's no longer around. But now there's a few problems and things that Sheridan has to do to clean up. So first off, from Cowboy State Daily, once weekend, uh, one weekend every month, Deputy Peter Hurl with the Laramie County Sheriff's Department in Cheyenne drives to Wheatland to play the trumpet for the Wyoming Air National Guard. Well, he's going to be up in Sheridan. And by the way, Sheridan is holding a service. They are, there's a funeral service coming up, but they also have a time where the whole town's just going to shut down. There's going to be about a 1,000 police officers from around the country 
police officers from all over the country, and they'll have a parade right through town. The whole town's just going to shut down and have a time where this parade, which includes their fallen officer, being brought through town as people pay their respects. The bugler will be there. They're going to have uh, private services for the family or after the parade through going through town. So way to go, Sheridan. And thank you to all the officers from all over the country who are showing up. I saw that once before. I was in uh, Tampa at the time, living and working in Tampa, and a police officer had been shot in the line of duty. And here I am driving to work. And I'm going over, and this is a major city, so there's a big overpass over some other roads. And as I look down below, as I'm driving across, I see... As far as the eye can see, police cars from all over the country. Well, police uh, from all over the nation sent officers to represent them because of one fallen officer in Tampa. I had no idea that they did this. This is why, boy, this parade through Sheridan, wow. Imagine all the police cars as a thousand from across the country show up to participate in this because there's a fallen officer. And then again, the entire town just shuts down. And everybody's out in the streets to watch the the procession through the town. This is what we do in Wyoming. I remember when I first moved to Wyoming, I was in Gillette. And twice we had, not one from Gillette and one from just outside of the area, soldiers that had fallen in combat in one way or another because we're still doing our war on terrorism at the time. And that's the first time I ever saw such an outpouring. The whole town showed up, and everybody just left what they were doing, didn't matter what, and walked out onto the street, hands over the hearts, hats taken off. As the procession moved through the entire town, snaked through the town, so people could stand out there and pay their respects. In fact, one family said they really wanted to be private, but the community asked, okay, private service, we get it, but can we pay our respects? And so the family said yes, and that's the second time there's a procession through town. Well, in, I want to say New York Times, but there was an article. Someone wrote a letter to the editor. This guy lived in New York, and his daughter was going to go to college in Washington State. And so he decided, since she's leaving for college for the first time, The two of them should do a road trip in her car, since that's what she needs to take. Let's do a father-daughter road trip cross-country. When they got to this part of the country, he writes, he couldn't... The two of them kept wondering, how do people live in these small towns out in the middle of nowhere? What do you do with yourselves out here? They're from New York City. They They don't get it. They're trying to figure it out. They stopped in Gillette for gas. And while getting gas, they noticed that everybody in town was... So they're on the interstate there, right? Probably at the Sinclair station on Interstate 90. And they watch as everybody just walks out of whatever they're doing. Everybody just stops what they're doing and walks out to the sidewalk. And everybody stands there in line as this procession moves through with their fallen soldier from from Gillette. So many people, so many vehicles, it just moved on through. And that's all anybody was talking about as everybody got back to work when it was over. And so this father-daughter from New York City began discussing this as they continued to Washington State, that they have never seen such a thing in New York. They've never seen... There are services, yes, 
but they've never seen anything like that. And it reshaped a little bit their understanding of people who live out in this part of the country. Now, one of the things Sheridan's doing that I really have to give them credit for, a way to go city of Sheridan. How often do you hear me complimenting government? It happens now and then. So when they were after this guy who had shot the police officer, and again, like over a 30-hour standoff. So they got somebody to show up with a huge... Uh, I mean, machine, really. And they just take the big arm and the shovel and they start ripping apart the house. I mean, they they can't get this guy to come out. Well, they're just going to go in. And they just start ripping apart the house. Now, imagine the owner of her home looking at her house being torn apart to get at this guy. And imagine what she's thinking. I mean, yes, you want to get the guy. But on the other hand... Dear Lord, they're they're literally demolishing my house to get at them. All right, well, headline from the Gillette News Record. City of Sheridan waives fees for house destroyed and standoff. So, so far, here's what's happened. People of Sheridan and other parts of Wyoming as well, not just in Sheridan, but from around Wyoming, people started donating money to rebuild this woman's house because there was a problem... According to the way the laws are written, the city's not paying for this and the police department's not paying for this. And then the insurance companies, how do you say to the insurance company, hey, the police had to rip apart my house to get at some guy who was holed up in there, uh, so I need money to rebuild my house. How do you explain that to the insurance company so that she wasn't going to get any money from that? Well, donations started pouring in from all over Wyoming. A lot of them came in from Sheridan, too, right? Then they had a meeting there in Sheridan where people started to, who were in construction firms around Sheridan. And we're talking from uh, carpenters to plumbing, electricians, all of it, roofers, started uh, raising their hands saying, I'll help out and volunteering their time to help this woman rebuild. And then the city has decided, usually when you build a house, if for those of you who have built a house, you know, there's all sorts of permitting fees and processes and so on that you have to go through. Not only does this greatly reduce, I'm sorry, increase the cost of the house. I mean, it, there's thousands of dollars in permitting and so on, if not, if not like $10,000 worth of it. Then you got to figure out how much that delays a project because to get everything done... The permitting process is a long process just to get a house built. Well, the city's just waiving all of that. It's not that they're not going to have inspections and so on. They will. But a lot of what would normally delay a house being built and make it more expensive is just waived. Let's just replace this poor woman's house, says the city. And so that's what they're doing. All sorts of things being waived just so they can go ahead and get it done as quickly as possible so they can put her back into a home. So to the people up in Sheridan, and in this case, even the city of Sheridan, way to go. This is how I'd like to see the rest of the country act the rest of the year. I'm always giving downer stories about what's happening in California and New York and other places like that. Isn't it nice to see a community like this doing what it's doing to take care of their own? From the officer's family. By the way, the officer that died in the light of Dooney, he left behind a wife and a newborn. 
there's a GoFundMe for them as well. And people have been donating to that. So, I mean, of course, there's going to be something left over for her because he was a police officer. But, you know, donations coming in to make sure that they're going to be able to make it. So, once again, people just chipping in whatever they can. 816, wake up. Wake up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. 821's the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Okay, this one's frustrating. I'm just going to go through that. Then before we get to the end of the show, which goes all the way to 10 o'clock today, I will find something happier to talk about. I, this just, oh, I, I, hate, I hate squatters. Squatters drive me crazy. Someone just goes into somebody else's home and takes over. Here's the story from, well, I was going to go to Fox News for it, but have you noticed these days when you go to the Fox News website, you click on a story, but in order to read the story, you got to give them some kind of like email address or whatever. I'm not, and I told them, if I sent them a no, I'm not doing it. So I went to the New York Post where I can read the same story. Sorry, sorry, Fox, you got to get rid of that. All right. Queen's couple buys a $2 million dream home to care for a disabled son, only to find a squatter living inside. They might think we'll get rid of the squatter. Well, New York City couple's plan to move into a $2 million dream home to retire with their disabled son began, well, it's a nightmare, as they battle a squatter who claims he had an agreement with the previous owner, which he is not able to prove, Close to relatives, the location was perfect to take care of the son who has Down syndrome. A couple, however, admit more moved into the multi-million dollar home after signing the deed, and they're trying to get rid of the squad. Can you imagine how strange this is? This guy is just living there, and they can't just make him leave. Legally, they can't just make him leave. I mean, you would think, well, just change the locks or whatever, right? Well... It's become a nightmare, says the family. This guy was hired uh, 3,000... Well, he was hired for uh, by the former homeowner as a caretaker of the house. The He has no... After the house was sold, he has no deed or anything like that. But he says, no, I live here now. He's also... He's been living in a home since the former owner died which has caused major headaches to try to get him out. Quote, it is unlawful for any person to evict or attempt to evict an occupant of a dwelling until they have lawfully, who has lawfully occupied the dwelling for 30 consecutive days or longer, according to the New York squatter's rights laws. So if I find a house where there's nobody living in it and I move in there for like 30 days, I'm good, right? Homeowners gave uh, the guy 10 days notice to leave. And again, isn't that just awkward? He's still in the house. And tried to enter, uh, he, he tried to enter, tried to get him to leave, and then tried to enter the property alongside an insurance inspector. He called the cops on them. So when they showed up with an insurance inspector to take a look at the house, he called the cops on them. Oh, God. Okay, this is when insane laws just need to be, I don't know, I don't understand why laws like this just aren't changed. But, all right, moving right along. Don is in Laramie County. Hello, Don. Hey, Don. Uh, Glenn. Excuse me, Glenn. No, you're Don. I'm Sorry. Glenn. Okay, yes. I'm Glenn. Don. That's yes, right. right. You're yeah. Glenn, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a 
I'm a senior, but anyway, <laughs> no excuse. Yeah. So anyway, Glenn, you know, I've got a couple comorbidities, and uh, you know, the federal government's going to have to take a look at these entitlements, and I know they're going to need the cooperation of seniors. Ninety percent yeah. of all federal expenditures in Medicare occur in the last two weeks of a Medicare recipient's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right now I get telephone calls from Medicare wanting to give me free groceries, wanting to do in-house visits, and uh, it's it's insane. You yeah. know, I know they're trying to buy votes right now. The deep state, you know, is is a big problem. But you know, if, if we're going to have a country with any with any hope of ha- having any kind of fiscal integrity, you know, seniors are going to have to, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Man up and say, well, all right, enough is, is enough. And, and also think of it this way. It used to be when, uh, let's say, a young couple just got married. And this is when we had an extended family at home. Grandma and grandpa were there to help take care of the kid. So they lived together. So, But then as grandma and grandpa got old, everybody pitched in to take care of them. We used to have extended families at home, and we took care of each other. But not not so much anymore. I think that's part of the problem right there. And so the only answer is, well, then people are going to need money to do this. So government has to provide these people with a whole bunch of money and services. And frankly, we don't have the money to do this. No, we don't. We don't. But and you're right. And that's that's one of the things that things that leads to the huge immigration flood we have at the southern border. Yeah. I, I've got. Mexicans in my family, and they don't have Social Security in Mexico. Right. You know, they don't have Social Security. When they come up here, they become citizens. They get Social Security. Yeah. And and that's you know, and that needs to be means tested. I know it's you know not necessarily uh, equal protection under the law, mm-hmm. but you know, there's no reason why people who you know have incomes in the millions of dollars should be right. in the safety net. Well, you know, some, and I, and I, I, I've heard and this I tell argument kids, before you're, you're gonna, that some people yeah. will say that Social Security is not an entitlement. I paid into it. Well, if you paid into it and you're getting out of it, okay, it's not an entitlement for you. But it is an entitlement for all those people who never paid fully into it or didn't pay anything into it, but they're still getting it. Right. You know, my grandmother passed away at 97. He, uh, when she started collecting Social Security, there were 35 people working paying into Social Security for every recipient. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're, we're down to three or four. It's yeah. just, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a generational wealth transfer. And these young kids who have been completely brainwashed in the public school system have no idea what they're, what yeah. they're going to bump into. Right. I mean, I hope I'm gone before the you-know-what hits the fan. Right. But, you know, it's, it's probably going to have to hit the fan. And, and when that happens, it'll probably be too late. All right. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, it, it, Social Security originally, originally when it was proposed, was an insurance program that you could choose to opt into or not. If you chose to opt into Social Security, then if your finances hit a hard point at some point when you're old, then Social Security would kick in like an insurance policy to take care of you. That's what it originally was. So you got out of it what you put into it, or a little bit more, right? Well, it doesn't look anything like that today, does it? Not at all. And so Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid is a big part of what's busting our budget in America because so much of it has been promised to people 
who never paid into these programs. And there's absolutely no way that the programs can keep up. It just doesn't work. The math doesn't work. Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. You can do what he just did. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with it. Monday. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. You can do what our last caller did, Don. Change the subject if you want. That's just fine. Uh, on the ridiculously large television they put up in the studio with me, there's video right now. They just put cameras wherever. Here's what's going on. And very rarely is there's a reporter or a commentator or anything. Usually it's just cameras showing what's going on somewhere. So uh, Trump is going to show up somewhere. I forget where he's supposed to be. And there's a whole bunch of supporters out there. And there's people out there with massive flags. It's a good thing it's windy wherever he's going to be. These, some of these flags are really big. One of them is a Let's Go Brandon flag. It's huge. Another one has Donald Trump looking like the Godfather. And... There even has, if you know the Godfather with the, um, you know, the strings coming down off the hand, the marionette thing, right? But it's not the Godfather. The flag is the Don Father. So these, some of this stuff is just, whether you like the guy or not, is just absolutely hysterical. The, the way, and I don't see this kind of outpouring, and I didn't see it for Hillary Clinton, and I don't see it for Joe Biden. You know, I, I rarely see anything where people are enthusiastic about their guy. They support him because he's our guy, but they're not really enthusiastically behind him like Trump supporters. In. And again, I'm not trying to commentate on whether you like the guy or not. That's not the issue. It's just where's the enthusiasm? Because I remember when Hillary was running for president. Boy, um, I, she got a lot of votes, but when you go to a Hillary rally, hardly anyone showed up and very few people showed any kind of enthusiasm at all. It was their pick, but it's not exactly who they really wanted. They wanted someone inspiring. Right? All right, let's go to California and then leave. I wish we all could leave California now. Babylon B, best parody song they have ever done. Wish we all could leave California by the Beach Boys. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at this story from just the latest about leaving. California businesses, the story says, share the same headache, being personally torn between closing your doors and moving to other states and high crimes and taxes, all that kind of stuff. Quote, I've considered moving to different states one attorney and law firm from the San Francisco Bay Area said, being interviewed, I don't agree with the direction California's going, and I hate the fact that I'm being forced to support it through my taxes. Let's read that again. This is good, because this guy, 
that they're talking to as a Democrat. I don't agree with the direction California is going, and I hate the fact that I'm forced to support it through my taxes. He says, we've wanted to move for at least three years now. That This is actually a different guy. Uh, pet product store. Especially since Biden's been president, things are already expensive here. Now they're so expensive we can hardly afford to do business. However, moving is also expensive. Just trying to sell their home. Imagine being in California. You, you got to move. You want to move. You got to get out of there. But you can't afford to leave because you got to sell your house. And who wants it? Here's another interview. We are L.A. California natives. Boy, imagine growing up in L.A. I mean, what? no, I'm sorry. L.A. is not really the best. At one time, it was a great place. But we're L.A. California natives, and we've never lived or worked anywhere else, says this owner of a digital marketing business. It was our financial strife, uh, prospecting struggles, concerned over our children's futures that made us finally move to Frisco, Texas. Story says more than 86% of business owners in California say that crime has increased in their area. 67% say this in the same survey claim to be considering moving their headquarters out of California to any number of other states. My answer, again, go, go. Get while you can. But listen, just remember, whenever you get to wherever else you're going, don't vote that way anymore. And this is where I've said to people many times over, that doesn't mean put on a MAGA hat. If you're not into that, okay. Just vote for smaller government. The survey included 80,000 business owners, with 10% of those respondents being based in California, Employers, they say, we're talking to, have been planning to move for quite some time. And what's happening in the last couple of years, every time Gavin Newsom does something stupid, it makes it a lot easier for them to make that decision. Here's a quote. It's a headache, the CEO of a company continued. We're dealing with regulations. They're dealing with taxes. They're dealing with crime. They're dealing with, uh, well, all sorts of economic activity that's been losing the state. In fact, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, hang on, let me head on over to, uh, let's see, uh, I haven't played this one in a while. I want to go back to making these again, but it is a lot of work to do these things, but I really want to go back to, let's see, a carbon footprint. I'm looking in my file for Jenkins and the boss. Ah, here we go. Here's the bit where the boss actually suggests in moving to California taking his business there. Jenkins? Yes, sir? Yes, sir? Uh, Jenkins, I've made an important decision that will ensure the future of this company. Start sending out resumes right away, sir. If you want to succeed, my boy, you should never do what everybody else is doing. Sometimes you should do just the opposite. Go against the tide. Yes, sir. Some companies make money, while we, on the other hand... Jenkins, I've decided to move this company to California. And 
that? There it is. With so many companies leaving the state... Fleeing is more like it, sir. Can't imagine why California has so much to offer. High taxes, ever-mounting piles of regulations... Such beautiful cities... Homeless camps, and speaking of going against the tide, human waste runs down the streets carrying empty syringes with it. There's a reason California's called the Golden State. You're in running down the gutters? We can make a lot of money there. Unfortunately, if you have any money, they don't let you keep it. Sir, have you informed California that we are moving there? Uh, not yet. Why? I just wanted to know when the devil was showing up with the paperwork. Yeah, that's a good point there. So, but then also, I see, I, don't, I wouldn't have moved like he's doing there, the company, to California. Instead, though, I intend to open up a chain of retail stores around the border of California. You know this hey, one. Hey, friends, do you find yourself living in California and able to buy less and less of the basic fun and necessities of life? Well, now you can shop free at will because of a new chain of stores opening up on the California border. It's Banned in California. Yes, Banned in California provides all the products that you're no longer allowed to buy inside the California border. Guys, have you been wanting to buy that new fur coat for the little lady? What about that massive energy guzzling big screen TV? You'll find it on sale now at Banned in California. Serious lawnmowers that get the job done at big SUVs. And yes, to keep those little kitties happy, get them a Happy Meal with extra trans fat in the food court, of course. And feel free to walk around and smoke inside while the little lady goes to the tanning bed. Yes, Banned in California, now located at every state location along the California border. Open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Illegal immigrants on staff to show you how to sneak back across the border with everything you purchased. It's all there you have it. More companies packing up and leaving. And yet, Governor Gavin Newsom just doesn't seem to understand and as you would expect blames everybody but himself and other California policies from around the state for people exiting. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. 848 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, uh, Frank, I'm going to give you a personality quiz. I want to. I want you to imagine, if you would, you're making a sandwich, right? Hey, sandwich. Okay. Bread, so, meat, uh, bread, Sure, good. Okay. Crust on or crust off? On. Okay. Do you, will you make a sandwich using the end piece crust of the bread? No. I, always, I like that piece. I'll take it. No. Okay. Uh how do you cut the bread? Is it diagonally, vertically? Straight across. Straight across. Okay. So Although I like it in restaurants when they cut it, you know, corners. Yeah. You know. Okay. Okay. That way. <clears throat> that reason I bring this up is because here's a mom who decided to mess with her little kid. And uh, she took the sandwich and started cutting it in all sorts of odd ways. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid just can't figure it out. Like in one case, it's cut twice. So you picture it cut at an angle, right? Yep. But then go ahead and cut it at a, another angle, which makes the section really small on one side. Or you could cut it in circles sometimes, too. Hey, that would be good, too. I, I think my mother did that because we used to have liverwurst sandwiches. Oh, yeah. I love liverwurst. Yeah, I do. Do you not like the bush? You know, one's enough, I think. But oh, if okay. you have it for years, you're like, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. No, I like liverwurst sandwiches. But yeah, I can see cutting like a donut shape. 
Yeah. So you can go ahead and pull the center out first and eat it, and then eat the crust and all of that kind of stuff later. But, yeah, this mother was getting kind of mathematical with the different ways to cut up. And the little kid's looking at this going, oh, come on, because she opens up her lunchbox at school. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's looking at the sandwich going, the hell's wrong with your mom? (laughs) She didn't have her coffee. Mom is at home and bored, and she's screwing with the kid to keep herself entertained. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's okay. Now, I don't even cut the sandwich. I don't mind the end piece crust. That's fine. I'm good with that. Crust is okay. And I don't cut the sandwich at all. I just pick it up and eat it. Yeah. You know what? If you're hungry, you'll eat anything. Okay. Okay. How much peanut butter do you put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? You know, not light. Not heavy. Somewhere in the middle? Medium, yeah. Okay. Because for me, I mean, if you give me a jar of peanut butter, about a third of the jar might be gone by the time I get done putting peanut butter on that sandwich. Yeah, but I I can go through a half a jar of peanut butter with just putting it on crackers. Or you know something? Give give me a peanut butter jar and a spoon, Frank. That's all you need. Girls and boys high school basketball moving along today. Those 4A and 3A regional tournaments continuing today. From yesterday on the girls' side in the 4A East Regional in Sheridan, Thunder Basin over Cheyenne Central 63-51. Campbell County beat South handily. Cheyenne East beat Natrona handily on Sheridan, a winner over Laramie 55-34. And the losers bracket up in Sheridan, Central and South at 9 this morning. Natrona and Laramie at 10-30. And the winners bracket Thunder Basin in Campbell County and Cheyenne East will take on Sheridan at 5 p.m. On the boys' side in the first round yesterday in that East Regional in Sheridan, Central over Campbell County, Natrona beat Cheyenne East 71-67. Sheridan over South Big and Laramie went over Thunder Basin Big. And the losers' bracket today at noon, Campbell County in East and then Thunder Basin and South at 1.30. And the winners' bracket, Central and Natrona at 6.30 and Sheridan and Laramie will be at 6 p.m. In the 4A West Regional, Star Valley beat Kelly Walsh in overtime 69-59. So Kelly Walsh will play Evanston at noon in a loser-out game. The Kelly Walls girls over Green River 54-40. They'll play Cody this afternoon in a, in a 4-30 in a winner's bracket game. 3A East Regional, Rollins over the Glenrock boys 64-43. Glenrock plays Moorcroft in Rollins in a loser-out game. The Glenrock girls lost to Torrington 45-18. Glenrock plays Rollins in a loser-out game. The 1A and 2A high school basketball tournament continues today in Casper. In the 1A games from yesterday, Saratoga with a buzzer beater from a thir- 30 feet out to beat Southeast by one. Cokeville over KC Big, Farson over Guernsey Big, and Upton beat Matisse Big. Saratoga and Cokeville in one semifinal at 7.30 over Casper College. Upton will take on uh, Farson Eden at 9 p.m. over at the college in the other semifinal. 1A girls in Burlington over Rock River Big. Upton beat Riverside Big. Southeast uh, narrowly over Little Snake River and Cokeville beat Hewlett handily. Burlington and Upton in one semifinal over at the college at 4.30 and Cokeville and Southeast will play in the other semifinal at six. 2A boys from the first round yesterday. Tongue River over Big Piney handily. Wyoming Indian beat Big Piney handily. Lusk over Guernsey by 10 and Lusk over Grable by 10. And Ripe defeated Kemmerer handily. So in the, in the semifinal round for 2A boys, this will be played at the Ford Center. Tongue River and Wyoming Indian at 7.30 and Wright will play Lusk at 9 p.m. On the girls' side from yesterday, Pine Bluffs over Kemmerer. Tongue River beat Rocky Mountain. Linglefort Laramie over Wind River and Wyoming Indian over Burns. Pine Bluffs and Tongue River in one semifinal at 4.30 at the Ford Center. And Linglefort Laramie against Wyoming Indian at 6. Those championship matches in 1A-2A will be tomorrow at the event. Center, the, the, the Ford Center is beginning at 3.30. I just came across this uh, story here. 
Is it healthy to drink coffee first thing in the morning? Experts respond. Frank, I don't care. I'm not even going to read it. I, 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 experts at what? I don't get drinking coffee experts. I don't really? know. Really? I don't know. I don't know. Stop. I don't know, Frank. I'm not going to find out that who the experts bait. are. That's clickbait. That is. I get up in the morning, and I and I don't care if I'm not trying to even get a little bit of a wake up from it. I enjoy my cup of coffee first too. thing in the morning. Yeah. And that's why I drink it. And so what? I don't care if the experts are for it or against it. <laughs> not going there, Frank. Good. Good. All right. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. News time, weather forecast, open phones, wake up Wyoming. The Monday. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Friday. Glad you made it. Open phones all the way. 888 Woods, the phone number. 888 97 Today's show is sponsored by Dissolving Underwear. Because who wants to wear wet undies anyway? Just don't wear any at all. Just quit wearing underwear. That would be the... Okay, so... First up, and I got a whole list of different articles for you. I'm kind of doing a house cleaning before the end of the program. And if I'm doing that, then you can change the subject while I'm at it. This is topic hopping, all right? Cowboy State Daily, Colorado Wolves likely to cross into Wyoming. Really? Gosh, didn't see that coming. Within weeks where they can be shot. Remember now, here in Wyoming. Oh, yeah, wow. Here's a picture of a wolf next to a man. Oh, my God, they have big paws. Well... But again, this was already known. Story says there's no telling when wolves from Colorado will cross the state line into Wyoming, but it's bound to happen. Could happen soon. If it hasn't happened already. So one wolf watcher. And yes, there is such a thing said. If I had a crystal ball, what do you think? He said, I think that uh, sometime within the next four to six weeks, we'll have one cross. Maybe more. This guy's a Colorado resident, by the way. And I think we'll see some of them getting shot. William is a Colorado native who lives in Colorado Springs area, recently founded and administrates Colorado Wolf Tracker. It's a Facebook page. I'm going to go ahead and open that up while I'm talking here. And it quickly gained thousands of followers. It's become a clearinghouse for information and lively discussion, sometimes heated debates, regarding 10 wolves that were reintroduced into Colorado back in December. So William credits pressure from the public for the Colorado Parks Wildlife Department agreeing to routinely release maps of wolves and, and where they think the wolves are. Now, I don't know if these wolves, I'd have to go and check to see. Did they put trackers on? I haven't done it in a while. I want to see this. There is. Um, a website where you can go to. There are sea turtles that have been tagged. And you can get on a map and see where those sea turtles are around the world. And sea turtles travel a lot of distance. It's amazing. There's also uh, websites where people track bears, things like this. Okay. The maps are frequently posted on the Wolf Tracker page. And the most recent maps indicate the wolves have been moving into Jackson County, Colorado, near the state line. So the maps are somewhat vague, okay, 
So it doesn't look like there's a specific tracker on it. We'll see. He'd like to see this gentleman they're talking to Colorado follow the practices of other states, such as New Mexico, which offers maps to the exact location based on collars, things like that. So, all right, we'll see. Because it's going to happen. I mean, it's not a matter of an if or might or maybe. It's going to happen. These guys are going to cross into, at some point, these wolves will cross into Wyoming. And somebody who's trying to protect their livestock will go ahead and shoot it, and he's allowed to. All right, off we go back to the phones. 888-97, what's the phone number? 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. I want to thank everybody over on Squaw Creek uh, for turning out last night. I think it was a real productive meeting uh, over the gravel pit. Um, Something happened. I just got off the phone with Bob Ide's wife, Kathy, and um, he's one of their representatives. And they were listening on Zoom, and she said that the Zoom had been hijacked, and it showed some really disturbing photos of pornography while they were watching the Zoom. So anyway, that that's what I that's what she had told me. But anyway, Bob is getting ready to go into a meeting with Julie Scogan of the state. And uh, they're going to talk about when the permits were drawn and all of that stuff. He's going to get a a bunch of information for those folks over there. Uh, Thirdly, I believe that this does lay in the county commissioner's hands uh, simply because they're 20 or they're 20, what was it, 2015 or 2022 uh, zoning resolution has um, light mining and uh, this kind of thing. And it's supposed to be done in heavy and light industrial. Well, that area up there is neither. And the way I see it, this guy could do this anywhere, you know, that there's heavy industrial. Because it's a big, let's see, tour, grazing, recreation, hunting. It's got some of the best deer. Um, they already have water problems over there. And this is going to exacerbate it. Um, that's a county road that doesn't get really taken care of that much in the winter time. So these trucks are still going to be going across county roads onto city road to haul this stuff out of there. Good point, I thought. Um, there'd be deaths. They're worried about uh, the property values, the aesthetics, um, and uh, DEQ. In state of Wyoming, that's who Bob is talking to right now, I suppose. And they don't have a planner right now. So there's nothing that they could put in front of someone to get it through the planning and zoning to go to the county commissioners. Um, I want to thank Peter Nicolason for being there and Dave North, both of you guys. Harold Wright did a great interview. They did a great presentation. And this, the, the big thing for me is this product that comes out of the ground, silicon or silicosis or something, it's a cancer agent, okay? And it's going to be flying through the air. They have really big wind up there. So this stuff is going to blow. And and according to someone at the meeting, uh, 60% of Casper is going to have this in their faces. Okay, that's a problem. And then uh, their water. The water that they get comes off the mountain. They can't just go drill another well because they don't have wells. Some of those houses up there do not even have water. And with this in there, they're not going to get any water. 
and the ones that are getting water is going to be contaminated. So anyway, it was a great meeting. I wanted to thank everybody that came out. I thought everybody did a good job. They asked good questions. And I suggested a couple attorneys here in town, if they can't get the Board of County Commissioners to do the right thing and deny the permit. I wonder why, as big as Wyoming is, why here? There's got to be other places in really open areas in Wyoming where they can go for the same material. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was the point I made to the commissioners last time I spoke. I said, look, you guys have this land use plan. You keep telling us we all got to abide by it. Well, now it's your turn. And mining and that kind of thing is supposed to be in heavy industrial, not in residential areas. And it's like your meat thing down in, uh, where'd you say, Cheyenne or somewhere? Mm. They've got it upwind. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. That was in Wheatland. Yeah. Don't put it where everybody in town is going to smell this thing. Put it outside of town, south of town. Yeah. Well, McMurray's had one. I think it's Knife River now. And it's over off the highway. It doesn't go anywhere near people. There's Hmm. miles where there's not houses. Right. And they've been doing it over there just fine. These guys, there's, hell, my house is 28 miles outside of town. They could go 22 and do it just as fine, just right. as good. All right. All right. Thank you, Judy. Have a great weekend. You too, hon. All right. So this is, uh, she called me, hon. So this has uh, been making a whole lot of news, not just because of what Judy's been saying, but other residents in the area. And my only question is, I, and I don't know, I don't know, I'd like to know from the company who wants to go for this material there, is well, why there? Can, is are there other places that you can go and get gravel from that's just not so close to any residents that are concerned about it? I don't is know. Is your life boring? Are you too young for a midlife crisis, but tired of waiting for something to trigger an existential crisis? Why not try generalized anxiety disorder? Make every day a crisis. Yep, there you have it—a new level of crazy, and you heard it here first. In Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods. 921's the time. Wake Up Wyoming. You can do what Judy did and the callers before her. 888-97-Woods, the phone number, or 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Hello, Bert and Cheyenne and Tim and Casper. Just some of the places people listen to the program. By the way, you can also, besides multiple radio stations, the program's on, but listen on your Wake Up Wyoming app. That's free to download at your app store. And that's how these people are texting me while I'm on the air. They hit the chat option. By the way, one last thing. When this program's over, it becomes a podcast, and it's condensed. We get rid of most of the commercials and all of the news and weather and so on. Just getting to the meat of the program. So you use your Wake Up Wyoming app. Touch on demand. Touch Wake Up Wyoming, select the episode you want. You can start it, stop it, pause it, share it, download it, whatever you want to do. And we don't charge you for any of that. All right, our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, has just sent me a story which is perfect for your favorite song. I like guns, I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. Therefore, say, well, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. Hey, recently, a bill moved its way through the Wyoming legislative process, which would allow uh, carry in more places, basically eliminate almost all gun-free zones. 
And pretty much everybody voted yes on it, except for just a couple of people. So, headline. Laramie County lawmaker explains vote against gun-free zone ban. State Representative Bill Henderson, Republican, Laramie County, says he recently voted against a bill that would ban most gun-free zones in Wyoming because he believes the bill should is a solution looking for a problem. So you can read, through Doug's story, you can read House Bill 125. The proposal was recently approved by the Wyoming House on a vote of 54 to 7. Now moves on to the Senate. That's pretty good, 54 to 7. Now, first off, that's all the Democrats voting against it, of course. And a couple of Republicans. So he's one of the Republicans. Henderson was one of the no votes on the measure. So Henderson's statement, he writes, on Thursday, he released the following statement on why he voted against the measure. The bill is a solution looking for a problem, he writes. I rarely subscribe to a one-size-fits-all approach. And when it comes to our school policies, the legislator has a duty to take great care. I feel it's important that we empower our schools with the authority to make decisions they know that's best for their community. Henderson pointed to his support of previous legislation that authorizes the Board of Trustees of the school district to adopt rules. In conclusion, or I'm sorry, in consultation with local law enforcement to allow school district employees to hold valid concealed carry permits to carry concealed firearms on the property. So he says, as a strong supporter of our Second Amendment rights, my vote stands on the side of Wyoming schools to make this critical safety security choice for themselves. After all, he writes, they already have the ability to allow individuals with concealed carry permits to be on school property. So the final amendment offered by the bill's sponsor, among others, reaffirms our current state policy with local control for local schools and communities. He writes, it's not good public policy to upend almost eight years of local school safety and security and development and training in our school districts. Finally, he writes, and importantly, I have heard a great deal from my constituents in my district, many working in our schools who have reservations about this bill. My vote reflects their opposition. As the statement mentions, the bill would allow people with concealed carry permits to carry guns into schools in Wyoming. It would also allow people to carry firearms into government meetings, ranging from local city council meetings to the Wyoming legislators. A permit would be required to carry a gun in those venues, as Wyoming law allows people legally allowed to own firearms to carry concealed weapons. All right, so what do you think? Sounds to me like what he's saying is we need to leave this in local control. Just leave it up to your local school to figure out what it wants to do in its school. And I do know some school districts in Wyoming that will allow teachers, for example, to carry, conceal carry in the class, in the school. But in order to do so, they have to go get some special training. That way, if there is an incident in the school, they know how to handle it. They've been trained to do so. So it's, um, is it up to the school district to decide or should it just be that you're someone who's already allowed to carry because you're in Wyoming, 
you're a law-abiding citizen. You should be able to just go to your city council meeting, your county commission meeting, or walk into your school. I'm just asking you what side you come on because I doesn't sound by reading this doesn't sound like this guy's anti-gun at all. He just wants it to be left up to the schools to decide for themselves. Okay, that to me that's an interesting argument, but I'm not surprised at all that every single Democrat voted against this. To my knowledge, I think that's. That's what they did. Wyoming Confederate is in Cheyenne. He says, hey, Glenn, we are still gathering property tax ballot initiative signatures. We will be in the state capitol parking lot tomorrow at the intersection of Warren and 24th Street, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Okay. So if you would like to go grab uh, one of those and sign, Chris is in Casper. What did you get out of this local control on this issue is a patchwork of local restrictions that are hard to navigate, says Chris. So Chris would be against it because you would have to know from one school to the next. You go to one school, the rules are this, go to another school, and the the rules are something different. There, there are people who want uniform control across the state. Bonnie and Cheyenne is wondering if the concealed carry law affects hospitals, doctors' offices, and dentists and all that. Here's the, as far as I know, uh, if it's a private property for a doctor, then you're going to have to ask the doctor what his policy is. But as far as a hospital, I think this is part of the bill. I'd have to go double check here, but I think part of the bill would allow you to carry into a hospital as well. If it's a public hospital. Now, private hospital, you're going to have to ask the hospital because it's private property. But I think, I believe the public hospital, you should be allowed just to walk right in. Private property is always different because, well, it's private property. They get to make their own rules. Coming up on 930, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. Then you and I go rolling back into that. 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. You can talk about what I'm talking about. You can change the subject. That's fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with it. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Monday. He's talking to himself in a padded room. You could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. Nine thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So thank you. My- Myron's in Cheyenne. He says he took a road trip through Texas. And this sign was outside of a school. Attention. Please be aware that the staff at this school is armed and may use whatever force is necessary to protect our students. You see, that's much better than a gun-free zone sign because the gun-free zone sign lets them know that you're unprotected. Rich is in Cheyenne Glen referring to carrying guns. Maybe everyone needs to read both the U.S. and Wyoming Constitution. The matter is clearly covered. But then... Chris and Casper, and since when do schools have the same uh, special uh, state of, of sovereignty? So in other words, yeah. Okay. And 
we had the same discussion with the University of Wyoming, too, right? Yeah, okay. No, I, interesting. I would rather have something more. I understand the argument. You know, I'd like local people to make their own local decisions. Yes, but I also think it ought to be uniform on some topics, including guns. That way, when you go from one side of the state to the next, you know what the rules are. They don't change every time you cross some county line or city line or something like that. All right. I have other serious topics, but you know, it's the end of the week. The world is a frightening place filled with new ideas and the opinions of other people. Why live in constant fear of beliefs and interpretations different from your own? There's a better way. Now you can have total peace of mind with the new alternate viewpoint canceling headphones from Insu Limited. High quality over the ear headphones that filter out any concept you might find disagreeable or uncomfortable. We took the space age technology behind noise canceling headphones and added our own patented algorithms to filter out unwanted thoughts and conclusions. Earplugs are ugly, expensive, and made by corporations. Alternate viewpoint canceling headphones are sleek, affordable, and made by real people. Order now and get a free upgrade to the deluxe well-being cocoon. Everywhere can be a safe space when you're inside. It protects you from offensive speech, disrespectful actions, and aggressive visual stimulation, all while surrounding you in the warmth and comfort that comes from knowing that you're always right. Uh, I mean, correct. Great for university professors, commencement speakers, student protests, counter-protests, classical Greek mythology, and peer-reviewed scientific journals with conclusions that don't fit your worldview. Cancel them all. If you're not completely satisfied, send it back at no charge to you. You'll even get this handsome trophy just for trying. Alternate viewpoint canceling headphones from Insu Limited. Because everyone else is wrong. Oh, I'm going to go out today, and I need to do this, uh, check my oil. I might have to get an oil change. While I'm at it, I might check my blinker fluid. Ma'am, I pulled you over because you failed the signal on that last turn. I used my turn signal, I swear. Has this ever happened to you? Have you been ticketed for not using your turn signal, even though you have? Have you checked your blinker fluid lately? Well, how about you check your local auto parts dealer for OK Blinker Fluid and Indicator Lamp Lubricant. With OK Blinker Fluid, your turn signals will work bright and smooth. And while you're there, ask for other OK Engine products. OK Engine Rotator Splints. OK Muffler Bearings. OK Piston Turn Springs. To make sure your pistons turn smoothly and okay hypertension headlight valves okay products for the person who knows nothing about their car we have everything okay auto products by snake oil they sell me so much stuff it's ridiculous i came across a while back i was watching a movie called the cheyenne social club now if you know about the real cyan social club it has nothing to do with what it was in the movie in the movie, it was a uh, <clears throat> house of prostitution. That's not what it was in real life. There actually was a Cheyenne social club. That's not had anything to do with that. But there was a line in the movie that I heard, and I thought, oh, I've got to pull that. Solid, respectable, Republican business. That's what makes America, Harley. My folks were Democrats, John. Yeah, and look, look where it got you. 
a lifetime on the range and sweating in the summer and freezing in the winter and sleeping on the ground and fighting the wolves and the rattlesnakes. No, no, Harley. There can't be a finer calling in the whole world than being a Republican businessman. I don't like to dispute you, Don, but did you always vote Democratic? Well, well, that was when I didn't know anybody. Harley, I want you to do me a favor. Don't tell anybody here in Cheyenne I ever voted Democratic. You'll do that for me, won't you? If you say so. Thank you. John, you don't mind if I still vote Democratic, do you? Just so long as you're not seen with me when you do it. Be bad for business. I thought that was great. I had to go back to the movie, back it up a little bit, and find that. Oh, uh, one more thing. Uh, you've heard of the, uh, there's a gap in wages, they say. So they say it's not true. Between men and women, right? Well, we men are willing to give up more wages, but there's something you women need to give up. Everyone's heard about the gender wage gap, but there's another gap between men and women that's even larger and potentially more troubling. It's called the gender occupational fatality gap. 93% of workplace fatalities are men. The so-called most dangerous professions, logging, fishing, toxic waste cleanup, all dominated by men. Some might say that the gender death gap exists because women are less interested in high-risk jobs. But is that really the case? Or are those jobs high-risk because all these clumsy men keep dying? Would female roofers die at a staggering rate of 600 plus a year? Or are women better equipped to fight the urge to toss around a hammer because they miss playing quarterback in high school? Perhaps a lady trucker on the road would mean fewer accidents. Perhaps Siegfried and Roy would still be in business if they weren't two German guys, but instead a duo of nurturing cat ladies from Wisconsin. I'm sorry, but it seems like everything men touch becomes high risk. Roofers, steel workers, these men are dying to preserve the patriarchy. They need our help. It's time for women to enter the so-called dangerous professions and save the day. So you see, more of you women die. You close that gap and we'll close the wage gap. You asked for an expert. Uh, we didn't have the budget for that. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 9.48 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino, who's on location and I assume playing hooky. I hope so anyway, right? Oh, no. I'm watching the 2A girls basketball right yeah. now between Rocky Mountain and Kimmerer. And do you have snacks? Uh, not yet. Okay, so you're playing hooky. <clears throat> okay. So, so they'll, they'll, start serve, they'll start serving at 11.30. Yeah, okay. And you'll be you're first in line, I bet, right? I'm always first okay. in line. So uh, there's something else. I'm going to have to check this out. As you know, where you are in Casper is the Tate Geological Museum. Yes. They have a skull on display from uh, millions of years ago, probably about 15 million years ago, they estimate, of a crocodile head that was here in Wyoming. Okay. Long, big crocodile head. This was considered to be a salt water crocodile. Now they have to give it some long name. Gallivaceous Americanus. It's a crocodile. Oh. Yeah. Crocodile is a long name for me. Yeah, well that was yeah, I thought crocodile was long enough. You don't have to try to sound all sorts of scientific with it and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, these suckers, Frank, they 
I thought the crocodiles were I grew up in, or Alex, actually it's alligators in Florida. I thought those suckers were big. These suckers were huge. And they lived here? Yes. That's what I forgot to do today. I was going to do a story on things in Wyoming that can no longer kill you. I forgot hmm. to do that. And I needed to add crocodiles to that list. Because there was a time, if you were in Wyoming, you could have been killed by a crocodile, but not anymore. Well, I'm going to start looking at all the water that I see looking for crocodiles that are the yeah. size of semi-trucks. Yeah, yeah. or if, in, for that matter, if you just find one in Wyoming in general, Frank, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, that'd be bad. All right, high school basketball, the state 1A and 2A tournament continuing in Casper. We're at the Ford Center for a consolation game between Kemmerer and Rocky Mountain. Yesterday on the girls' side, Kemmerer did lose to Pine Bluffs, and Tongue River defeated Rocky Mountain. Lingle Fort Laramie over Wind River and Wyoming Indian to beat, beat Burns 49-43. The semifinals here at the Ford Center, Pine Bluffs and Tongue River at 430. Lingle Fort Laramie and Wyoming Indian at 6. On the boys' side in 2A, Tongue River beat Big Piney yesterday. Wyoming Indian over Pine Bluffs. Lusk over Grable and Wright defeated Kemmerer. In the semifinals at 7.30 and 9 p.m. tonight at the Ford Center, Tongue River will meet Wyoming Indian, and then it'll be Wright against Lusk at 9 p.m. On the 1A side, these games were played here yesterday at the Ford Center. Saratoga with a 30-footer at the buzzer to beat Southeast on the boys' side by one. Cokesville over KC. Farson defeated Guernsey and Upton over Matisse. In the boys' semifinal, Saratoga and Cokesville at 7.30 over Casper College. Upton will take on Farson at 9 p.m. at the college. On the girls' side from yesterday, Burns over Rock River. by uh, It's Burlington over Rock River. Upton over Riverside. Southeast beats Little Snake River. And Cokesville over Hewlett. And Burlington and Upton in one semifinal at 4.30. Cokeville and Southeast in the other final is semifinal at 6 o'clock. And the 1A, 2A tournament does conclude tomorrow at the championship game starting at 3.30. The 3A and 4A regionals are for high school basketball are going on right now. And the 4A East for the girls in Sheridan yesterday. Thunder Basin over Central. Campbell County beat South. Cheyenne East over Natrona. And Sheridan beat Laramie. In the loser-out games today, Central and South going on right now, and Central is way ahead. Natrona will take on Laramie at 10.30. Thunder Basin and Campbell County at 3.30 in the winner's bracket. East and Sheridan in the winner's bracket at 5. On the boys' side from yesterday, Central over uh, Central over Campbell County. Natrona defeated Cheyenne East. Sheridan over South and Laramie beat Thunder Basin. In the loser-out games in the boys' section from the 4 East, Campbell County and East at noon. Thunder Basin and South at 1.30. And the winner's bracket, Central and Natrona at 6.30 and Sheridan and Laramie at 8 o'clock. In the 4A West Regional, the Kelly Walls boys lost to Star Valley in overtime, so they'll play Evanston in the loser out game at noon. That'll be over in Green River. And the Kelly Walls girls uh, beat Green River 54-40. And the Kelly Walls girls will take on uh, Cody at 4.30 in the winner's bracket game. Also, the state indoor track meet starts for the high schoolers today in Gillette, the state alpine scheme is in starting today in Jackson Hole. And that's it, sports. Can't you tell those people in the background to be quiet? You're doing the sports report. Oh, say that again? You tell the people in the background to be quiet when you're doing your sports report, Frank. Well, no, no. They, yeah, you know just, what drives me nuts yeah. after so many bass? It's the horn that, they, that. that they buzz in for substitutes. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, I, 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 uh, it interrupts my nap. Uh, yeah, especially after you've gone to the green room and gotten all those snacks. You need to lay down for a while. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I used to go way, way at the top of the arena to take a nap. Yes. Nobody bothers me except for the horn. <laughs> There's that homeless guy sleeping up there at the top. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> Have a great weekend, Frank. You too, uh, man. It's coming up on some local business we have to take care of. News time after that. Let's wake up, Wyoming.